Hello, my little cranberries. Uh, it's me. I'm back. It's Dana Janae here to talk to you about books this week on the Fake Widowcast. Um, so this week I'm going to be talking about the books that I read this year, the books that I loved, the books that I would recommend to other people. What are my top five books of the year 2019? So I'm going to be discussing that this week. But first, as I like to do, I'm going to be talking about what I'm reading right now. So I have in my hands at this moment, um, Kingdom Animalia by Aris Elise Germay. Um, I'll be reading some poems from that a little bit later, but I'm still working my way through it. I'm about uh, halfway through right now. Um, my plan is to finish it before the year ends, because I really would like to do that. Um, so look forward to even more beautiful poems by Aristeles coming to you soon. Um, I just started reading Frank Kistein, which is a book by Jeanette Winterson um, that is about Mary Shelley and sex robots and what it means to be human. Um, and I've been really enjoying that as well. Um, I'm like so thirsty today. love a good zesty water. Um, so yeah, I just want to read some poems from this collection by Aristeles Gramai. So I'll be starting with this one called Science. We were trying to refine the eye and brain we had when we were pelicans. But the wind came down. It had 10 hands. It had more mouths. And it took and took as far to see. The wind was not a fixing wind, not a fixing wind, who painted the door or fed the goats when we were sleeping. It took us apart with its blue hands, this piece, this piece, and delivered us to our simultaneous homes. One home is there, one home is there. It said, you have been this small before, though you can't really remember it. You were not always, always tall, small thing, small, girl thing. The second poem I'm going to read is called Running Home, I Saw the Planets. On the way home, going with the hill and mammoth clouds behind me, rushing to the house before the rain, those beautiful Pakistani girls, their faces happy as poppies. I thought those girls rushing home as I was rushing home to beat the first small pieces of rain falling down like nickels in departing light. There was the laughing of the beautiful girls, shrieking gulls, five or six of them, depending on whether I count myself. The bright and shining planets of their dresses, lifting just so in the wind, in their black hairs, in the black sound of horses, horses hoofing at home, the click and clop of their patent leather hooves. 
Still it touches my ear, this sound. I touch my heart. I can't stop touching my heart and saying, today is my birthday, you see. For the beautiful clamor of planets dressed as girls who, running home, have heads. Whose heads swing black night, running home on the black feet of horses. From the rain, now I understand. Today is my birthday. It is Thursday, my day, my black day. One of these days I'm going to just do a whole podcast that is a close reading of different poems that I really love. So stay tuned for that. Okay. I'm going to read two more from this collection of poetry just because I really love these poems. This is like the second half of this collection. Um, So it's divided into parts, I think. This is part two, maybe three and four at the left, I would say. Um, But yeah, these two are a little bit shorter, but they're just delightful. So the first is Self-Portrait as the Snail. 31. For years, I am the snail trailing my thoughts behind me. A red horse or carpet, royal. The things I've marked and been marked by, blood falling behind me like a stranger's tail. Resourceful Gretel, who, in eating all the bread, lets her blood down to mark the way back home. Like this, I carry my meat over the earth's lion mouth and slowly feed my bodies to the dirt. This next one is called Elegy for the Stone. Are you my first sister? Small muscle, your gray head flat and dead in my hand, your body rain loose and purple spool of thread through our mother's cyclops gaze, like a lost tooth or clump of hair. Now your head rolls like a planet in my hand. How did you find me here? Yes, you are my sister. Very, very much my sister. The black grass of your hair, inside of which is a head, and inside your head, the six blue suitcases with the dishes our parents left in Nairobi. How I carry you now in my pocket with the other rocks and shells, small family, rattle of graves, everywhere, rattle of little lives and graves. Mm. I just love those poems. Okay, I'll read a part of this longer poem. It's called (laughs) Portrait of the Woman as a Scheme. I lost my hands, Aaron Molitar. Tell me what on earth would you make, would make you leave your hands or want to at the wash sink in the Levin Grove on the way home from standing baffled in the grocery. I've seen you walk into traffic like a bird with something else on your mind as though wearing a hat or a medal from a war 
Sometimes you leave yourself all over. Sometimes your mind and shoes, they fall behind you. Sometimes your body is a scheme unraveling. Sometimes you carry your heart around like a jar of cats in heat or crying. I don't remember. Okay, I'll stop there. Because I could just go on and on and on, honestly. So I've been reading from this book. I've also been reading from uh, Jeanette Winterson's newest collection, or her newest novel. It's called Frank Kiss Time. So that's Frank and then Kiss, K-I-S, that kind of kiss, and then Einstein. Um, so that's about Mary Shelley and um, sex robots and what it means to be human. Um, and I'm really enjoying reading that. Uh, I just really got into it. The parts that are written from Mary Shelley's perspective are just so stunning in every way. And so I'm really enjoying reading that book right now. Um, what else am I reading? Let me see. I started listening to, on my audiobook app, um, come on, load. No. Catch and Kill by Ronan Farrell. I haven't gotten too far in it. Um, and I also started listening to Sula by Toni Morrison. But I feel like that's a book that I want in my hands, like physically. Um, and this week, hopefully tomorrow, fingers crossed, I'm going to go get uh, Carmen Maria Machado's new collection. Um, her memoir, I believe, um, in the dream house. So I'm really excited for that as well. Um, I'm going to take a brief little break and I'll be back with my untoppable bop for the week. All right, I'm back with my untoppable bops for this week. So that's plural because I got two. Um, so my first is a song that is by a band that I've just been really obsessed with lately. Um, the band is uh, Wila Bamba, and the song is Bruja de Brujas. And it is like um, a multilingual bop, I guess. Um, so I do not speak Spanish. Uh, I took Spanish for one semester in elementary school or what is the other one? Middle school. Um, and I didn't like it. And I had a crush on the French teacher. So I decided that I was going to do French. And French sounded sexier or whatever. So I decided to go with that. So I don't speak any Spanish, really. Um, so I don't really understand all the lyrics that are happening there. But if you know what Bruja is, then you should be a little bit familiar with the topic. Um, and some of the lyrics and if you aren't familiar with what Brujas is, then you should Google it and figure out all about that magical, magical stuff. Um, yeah, so that song has just been in my head for days. Um, there's a particular part that I just like. When you listen to it, you'll love it too. Um, it's really fast-paced and like 
kind of gritty sounding. There's a lot of like distortion in the vocal area, but it's like so good. I really enjoy it. Um, and then my second one is this song called Debbie by um, an artist called Your Smith. So that's Y-O-U-R and then Smith. Smith as in S-M-I-T-H. I have a slight lisp. So sometimes um, when I get hit with like an S and a T-H, it's very unclear. So I just wanted to make sure that you understood that. So you're welcome. Um, if I sound like super tired, it's because I recorded this already um, and then realized tonight that a bunch of the audio was fucked up. So I had to re-record this entire episode and it's, I'm tired. <laughs> so sorry for the lack of energy, but I'm trying to give you my all because I love you so much. Um, yeah. So you're Smith, Debbie. Debbie is such a bop. Oh my God. Ooh, I am tempted to like sing it, but I know that I shouldn't. Um, one, because I don't have the rights and two, um, I already have a little bit of like vocal fry from talking too much. So I can't even just like begin to sing that song, but I'll sing it when I'm not on mic. Cause it's so good. It's just like, when I think of like what other people think about this, that song comes to mind. Um, like when I, I talked about it with Sarah, but when I say bop, I mean like a song that brings me joy, not necessarily like, something that's super like poppy um, and fun and light like that in that sense. Um, but yeah, I just think any song that I like is a bop <laughs> pretty much, even if it's like some sad boy shit. But this song is like poppy, it's gay, it's just wonderful. I love it so much. Um, so those are my untoppable bops for the week. Um, and now we're gonna get into the meat of this stuff, which is um, the books that I read this year. So I'm gathering this intel from my Goodreads. So I'll just be reading from that. So according to Goodreads, I read 7,829 7, pages across 29 books. What are those books? Let's get into it. All right, so the way that I'm going to do this is I'm going to read about half of the list and then talk to you about the books that really stand out to me in that list. So first up, we got Natalie Diaz, When My Brother Was an Aztec. Then we have The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Then we have Sing Unburied Sing by Jessamine Ward followed by American Sonnets for My Past and Future Assassin by Terrence Hayes, which mm, mm, we'll get into it. Um, this one by a good friend of mine, Animal You'll Surely Become, Brittany Haler, um, Psychopath Free by Jackson McKenzie, American Originality by My One True Love, Louise Gluck, Bestiary by Donika Kelly, the Passage by Justin Cronin, uh, Refuge by Dina Nayari, and Hunger by Roxane Gay. So 
Mm. And then I read uh, What We Lose by Cincy Clemens, as well as, uh, and I was reluctant to read this one, but I read Gone Girl by Jillian Flynn as well. So in that sort of crop of books, the ones that stand out to me the most are, of course, Natalie Diaz, When My Brother Was an Aztec, which I think I read some poems to you from that in an earlier episode. But also, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo was a book that like, so I got this book from a friend who read it. Um, and she read it and was telling me about it in her kitchen and pretty much completely spoiled the book for me. And I asked her to. She was telling me about this book and I was like, I'm not gonna read this. It sounds like some like soap opera ass shit. So I was just like, I'm not gonna read it. And so I let her tell me about it. Um, so she told me beginning, middle and end, she tells me the like the big twist in the book. Um, and I was just like enraptured and I was like, okay, I'm going to read this now, I have to read it. Um, when I found out what it was really about, I was like, okay, this is up my fucking alley and I need to read it. Um, and I read it and even though I knew exactly what was gonna happen, I still cried so much reading this book. I like legitimately was like at work, on the bus, on my couch, just like tears pouring down my face as I read it. It's so good. Um, the writing is good. The story is good. It's not usually like the poetic prose that I tend to lean on when I'm looking at novels and stuff like that. Um, or that sort of prose, it's like challenging in the way that I like. Um, but it, it's still such an emotional story that it really gets me. Um, so I really loved reading that book. Um, also really loved Sing on Birds, Sing by Jessamine Ward. Um, it's just like, such a profound meditation on like blackness and black suffering and black pain, um, but also triumph and like how the past and the present and the future are all happening at the same time. Um, and everything is so interconnected and it's all happened before and will happen again. Um, and this is, oh my goodness, what a, what a powerful book. Um, Psychopath Free is a book that was recommended to me by my therapist. And I'll just tell you a little bit about it just in case you need it in your life. Um, so it's about being in relationships with someone who is uh, a psychopath or a sociopath or a narcissist um, and how that can affect your own personal relationship with yourself, but also how you go into relationships with other people that are not that like main psychopath person that you've already dealt with. Um, yeah, so it was recommended to me by my therapist. I read it, it really resonated. Um, and I recommend it for people that have like, maybe you don't have like a diagnosed psychopath in your life. Many people do not have that. Um, but if you have a difficult person, a difficult ex, that made you feel like you were crazy and was like gaslighting you left and right, then this could be a really great book for you as well. Um, 
American Sonnets for My Past and Future Assassin is uh, a knockout collection by Terrence Hayes that is just like American Sonnets for his past and future assassin. And every every sonnet in the book is titled that. Um, and they're each just like, my goodness, just like such explosive meditations on race and living in the Trump era and being a black man in America in general. Um, this is really powerful stuff. Um, and I really enjoyed pretty much every single one of those poems in there. Everyone was like, hit me a little bit in the chest. Um, Animal You'll Surely Become is by my friend Brittany Haler. And it's about um, her family. It's like a memoir slash poetry collection about her family and family trauma and what we um, inherit from our traumas and how they can change us into monsters if we let it, if we don't fight against it. <laughs> um, sorry, I just got a funny text. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Animal Will Surely Become is a great book. Um, apparently in my like crop of books that I've read this year, it is the highest rated one um, with, I think, 4.8 stars or something like that. So that's really fucking cool. Congratulations to Brittany for being the highest rated book in my collection of books that I've read. Um, I rated it five stars, but like the overall Goodreads rating is 4.8 stars. I talked about Bestiary by Donika Kelly, um, which I think is like very, in some ways parallels um, Kingdom and Amalia by Aricelis Gramai. Um, and I write a lot of poems about, you know, that animal world too, that insect world, um, the fascination that I have with familiar relationships between beings that aren't human. Um, and so I'm always really drawn to books that do that too. The Passage is a huge, huge, huge book. It's like, Maybe it's definitely more than 500 pages. Sorry, I keep having to drink water because my mouth is like super dry. But it's about vampires that are created by this like virus that's contracted by bats. Um, it sort of gets unleashed on the world accidentally because, you know, scientists have gotten a hold of it and are like, keeping it controlled in a lab, but then it gets loose. And it's like these vampire things can read your mind and can like communicate with you telepathically. It's like so fucking cool. And the first half of the book is like, everything's fine and then the outbreak happens. Um, and then there's just like one special girl, Amy Belafonte, who's like the center of the book and like her story sort of drives the whole thing. Um, it lost me for a little bit, this book, because it changes perspective in like a very radical and drastic way. So I put it down for like months because I was like so disappointed in the way that it had gone, but then it got me back. So if you got time on your hands and can read a 500 plus page book, highly recommend this one. If you love spooky stuff too, because it's genuinely pretty scary. 
uh, Refuge was a wonderful book that I read. Um, I think it was the first audiobook that I listened to. Um, and it was the first book that I've cooked a recipe from. Um, so there is this recipe for like um, a Persian eggplant stew that's done with like eggplant and tomatoes, which I need to find again because that was really fucking good. And it's done with like this like yogurt dill sauce. Oh man, it was really fucking good. I need to find that recipe again for sure. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed the um, the perspectives in that book and the voices that were in it. Um, so I highly recommend that. And then I read Hunger by Roxane Gay, um, which was definitely a tough read, not because of her writing or like um, her as a person. It was just like deals with subject matter that is like, oh my goodness, excuse me. Sorry for the yawn. It deals with subject matter that is that hits close to home for me, that is like very heart-wrenching um, and devastating. Um, but it's about her coming back to herself in some ways in the end, but also still struggling. I like it when a book does that, when it's like, here are the ways that I have moved forward in my life, but here's the like very real tangible struggle that I go through every day still. Um, Having like a memoir or something that ends on like this completely high note where everything's better now, um, you've achieved all your dreams and goals is like, it can be inspiring, but it's also like alienating in some ways too. So I like that this book doesn't do that. Um, it stays pretty grounded um, and real, very real. I've got a yawn again. Oh my God. <sighs> Man, this is bad for podcasting. <laughs> oh my God. I should cut that out, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> okay. I read Gone Girl. Um, I didn't want to, but I did. And I did for a couple different reasons. One, it was available on my audiobook app. Two, um, I was kind of curious. I mean, since the movie came out and like, it's been a long ass time since all that happened. Um, I knew what the big twist is. Like I knew that going in to it, but I wanted to see how we got there. And how we got there is that like, we had to deal with two very shitty people. Um, I would say they're both probably like psychopaths or sociopaths in some respect. Um, I forget the name of the woman. Actually, let me click on the description and see. Amy, so Nick and Amy, Amy. Amy is like, I mean, if you read it, if you've seen the movie, she's obviously like a woman who is a bit of a sociopath. But then Nick is also one and he's also just like such a violent misogynist. I hated listening to him talk. I hated it. It was just like, ugh, please shut up, ugh man but what kept me in it was like watching the story unravel both of their like how at different points in the book it would like unravel and then braid back together and then unravel and braid back together um 
and like getting closer to both of their motivations for the actions that they partake in um, kept me in the book, even when I was like, oh, these people are insufferable. My God, like, how can anybody like this exist? That was the thing about the book. It's like, is there a human being out here that is like this, that says these things, that does these things? I'm sure there are, but like, I found it hard to believe. Um, but it wasn't like, it didn't take away from how much I liked the book. I still really enjoyed it. Um, if you like that sort of like thriller, mystery, like whodunit kind of, uh, kind of literature, then you'd probably like this. So I recommend that to you. I want to take a little break um, and then get back for the second half of the books that I read for the year. All right, second half, here we go. First, Mary Lou is Everywhere by Sarah Lane Smith. If you can't tell, I'm like smiling so much when I think about this book. Um, Stiff by Mary Roach. The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng. This is another one that I didn't want to read, but decided to read anyway. And that's Big Little Lies by Leanne Moriarty. Odes to Lithium by Shira Ehrlichman. Beloved by Toni Morrison. I'm Telling the Truth But I'm Lying by Bossy Ickby. Uh, Beloved by Daphne du <laughs> I'll Be Gone in the Dark by Michelle McNamara. The Collected Schizophrenias by Esme Wujun Yang, or Wang, sorry. Disappearing Earth by Julia Phillips. Not That Bad, Roxanne Gay. Dunce by Mary Ruffel which you've heard many poems from. On Earth, We Are Briefly Gorgeous by Ocean Bong. And the last book on the list is Queenie by Candace Cardi Williams. I feel like I've read way more books in this, but I just haven't had them all on my Goodreads. So I'm just reading the ones that are on my Goodreads. Okay, so Stiff. So back in the day, so Stiff is actually about, um, the tagline is the curious lives of human cadavers. So it's about death and like what happens to our body after we die, like from decomposition to like burial, burial pretty much. Um, so as I was saying back in the day, it might be hard for you to believe, but I was a total nerd. Um, I especially was a science nerd and I loved learning about the human body. I wanted to be a doctor for a really long time. When I went to college, it was for a pre-med for the first couple years. And then I gave that up for poetry. Um, but yeah, I went to a pre-med program for college. But before that, I was involved in a number of like pre-pre-med programs through uh, the University of Pittsburgh and like engineering and stuff like that too. But the one that I loved the most was called Medical Explorers. 
and it was through the uh, University of Pittsburgh Medical School. And basically we would go and learn about different facets of being a doctor, um, different specialists would come down and talk to us about what they do in their practice. They would bring tools and teach us how to do certain things like CPR, how to like put um, a stent in, stuff like that. Um, but my favorite thing to do, we had this one time where we went to the dental school and did like fillings on practice mouths. Um, but yeah, back to what I was saying. I keep getting distracted because I keep remembering different specific memories about that place and time in my life. But my favorite thing to do was to go to the cadaver lab and hang out with the cadavers. Um, and we would go down there and it was always like cold and smelled like formaldehyde and dead humans. Um, but we would go and like one of the medical students would open up a body and we'd start like naming the different um, organs. And of course they would pull out like something and say, what is this? And I'd be like, that's the kidney. And what is this? And I'd be like, that's the gallbladder. And what is this? And that's that's the heart, that's the lungs and all this stuff. Um, and I was always the first person to shout stuff out because I was that insufferable as a child, um, as a teen really. I just like loved, loved, loved being smarter than everybody else. It was my favorite thing. Um, and showing other people that I was smarter than them was at the top of my favorite thing to do. So Stiff really brought me back to that place of like having so much wonder about the human body and being really interested in like death. Um, one of my day jobs, I do some work in like death, but like in a very detached way. Um, so it was like fun to fun and interesting to get a more personal look at what happens when somebody dies. I have this weird spot on my nail that I can't tell. It looks like a freckle or something. I don't know. It's weird. But yeah, stiff. That's what that's about. And I really love that book. It's so funny. It's really funny. Um, and you wouldn't think that it would be, but a book like that kind of has to be. Um, what else? The Bluest Eye, Toni Morrison. My God. That book is like... I it's one of those books where like me and the main character have a lot in common um not to get personal real quick so in the book uh one of the main characters Pekka Labrie Love um has this dream about having blue eyes and she wants blue eyes more than anything in the world because she thinks that they'll make her beautiful um and I think I like probably many other little black girls wanted to have light eyes but I've, I specifically wanted to be white and have green eyes. And in my dreams, I was this like very pale white girl with red hair and green eyes. Um, and I was always like, just like the center of attention and people loved me more and people were nicer to me. Um, and that was like what I wanted for my life. And I knew that there was no way to make that happen, but I, I wanted it so bad. And I lived in my dreams because in my dreams, I was like beautiful. Um, so reading this book had a really emotional effect on me. Um, but I really loved 
Toni Morrison's style of writing is like so the word that comes to mind is like drunk but not in like a, a negative connotation but it's just like so fluid and rich with all this like passion and flavor you know what I mean that kind of thing and it's always it's also very sharp it's sharp as hell it's like these very astute observations paired with this fluidity and grace, so much grace. Um, I'm doing something weird with my hands as I'm trying to describe this. Um, but yeah, I just, I love that book. Um, Beloved was also really wonderful. Um, toward the end, I sort of like, there are a lot of voices at the end of the book where they're all sort of coming together and centering around this house. And it was hard for me to get through that part, but I did and it was, I'm a better person for it, I guess. Um, let's see, Everything I Never Told You. That was a really good book. I really did enjoy it. Um, it's not one of the standout ones on my list, but I would recommend it, definitely. Um, Big Little Lies. So I said that this was one that I didn't want to read, but I read. And I read it because I had watched a TV show and the TV show I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, it was just fun. I mean, it's not fun, but it was um, just dramatic enough. It's something that you can really sink your teeth into. So I really enjoyed the show and I decided to read the book. Um, I think it was what's interesting to me about those books is the lives of the women and how they come together in this moment of crisis when most of the factors emerging against them could tear them apart. They sort of stick together. Well, they don't, not sort of, but they do stick together. Um, and I found that really refreshing. Um, yeah, so. I thought it was good. I really liked Bonnie's character, um, even though, you know, at the beginning of the book and at the beginning of the show, you're supposed to be like highly annoyed with her, but then the book gets really much more into like her life and her role and everything. So I really enjoyed that as well. I'm using that term a lot. I really enjoyed a lot, but I just, I just fucking love to read. Um, and this is, this was the year that I really got back in touch with that love of reading. And so I I just like, I'm so happy that I made the time and energy and put it all in to like get back to that love of reading and that um, voracious desire to ingest books. Um, that I'm back to that now and I really am happy about that. Uh, let's see. I'm telling the truth, but I'm lying, Bossy Ickby. That was like a phenomenal book. Um, it's about Bossy's bipolar diagnosis and being an immigrant from Nigeria, moving here um, in like the early 80s. Um, and again, uh, a book that chronicles a difficult relationship with the mother. Um, And 
her, you know, successes and failures in her career and in love and life. Um, just a beautiful collection, like a beautiful collection of essays that I think really capture the fear, um, the fear and confusion that come around having a diagnosis that's big like that, like bipolar, um, which leads me to Oats to Lithium by Shira Ehrlichman, which is also about um, Shira's diagnosis as bipolar and specifically um, using lithium as a way to treat that bipolar disorder. Um, if you're not bipolar, uh, lithium is a drug that is often used to help as like an antipsychotic, um, but it's one that's one of the more, it's notorious and controversial because it has a lot of like very negative side effects. Um, so some of the basic ones like memory loss, um, dry mouth, sometimes like dizziness or vertigo-like symptoms. But then there's also like uh, lithium pretty much destroys your liver very slowly. Um, but it can have like a very drastic effect on your liver function, uh, especially if you're an older person or someone with an impaired immune system in some way. Um, but yeah, I just love the poems in that book. They really like held my hand and not in that condescending way that people talk about like hand holding, but like a comforting handhold, you know, like someone that in a moment where you're spiraling and somebody grabs your hand and just gives it a squeeze, just to say like, I'm here, you're grounded, you're all right. You're a human being on planet earth. And not every moment is sickness and despair and mania and depression. There are moments of like true love and light and oranges and tasty things, you know, um, I just like the, the feeling of eating like a, like a tangerine or a, an orange or something that just popped into my head and I can sort of taste it right now. So I think that experience of eating an orange, especially one of those little kitty ones is conjures a brightness and a joy to me that these poems also brought to me. Um, so I really enjoyed reading them. And um, Shira is also a musician who has this really awesome album out. I think it's just called uh, Shira. Let me see. I'm going to look it up because I listen to it a lot. There's a couple of really great songs on there. Well, a lot of really great songs. But my favorites are Heartbeat is a Prisoner, um, Subtle Creature, that's the name of the album. Subtle Creature is the name of the album. Uh, Literary, Literally Dead is also a really great one. Harsher Mellow. Um, yeah, it's just like a really great album. Okay, so uh, Rebecca. Loved the shit out of Rebecca. Um, I love a good ghost story. I love a good... Um, yeah, I just love a good ghost story. 
And that book really delivered. That's another book that I read this year that it's not on my list. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Haunting of Hill House. I did that this year. That was really good. Let's see. The Collective Schizophrenia by Esme Wujin Wang was also really wonderful. Um, it's a collection of essays about her coming to her diagnosis of uh, schizophrenia after being misdiagnosed as bipolar for a number of years. Um, I really loved Disappearing Earth. Um, I had some problems with the audiobook when I was listening to it. Um, so I'm gonna get a physical copy of it as well and probably just reread it. Um, but yeah, there's a scene in the beginning of it um, for those who don't know, it's about two girls that go missing um, in like the mountains in Russia. They just like disappear one day and it's about their um, case sort of unraveling um, and then coming together. And it's about how the disappearance of these girls has a ripple effect on the community around them for uh, what seems like miles and miles and for years. Um, before and then in the immediate present of their disappearance. It's just like a really profound book. Um, but yeah, the scene that I, where the girls disappear is like one that I think about so often because it's written so well. It's just like when you're watching something bad happen and you know that it's about to happen and you're like closing your eyes and willing the people that are like about to be hurt or harmed or like taken advantage of in some way to do the thing that you want them to do, but they're not doing it. And you're just like, if I close my eyes and think it hard enough, they'll like hear me. That's the the moment that you have when this happens in the book, when they disappear. And it's just like, oh no, 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 no. Um, but then it happens. And there's all this stuff about um, the treatment of the indigenous people, the indigenous population in the in the region um, that's really wonderful. It's not wonderful. Um, it's basically uh, a story that we've all heard before that people of color, when we disappear, um, people care less. And that's just uh, the fact of the matter. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's handled in a way that's like very graceful um, and profound. And it like, the book makes sure to touch on just about every perspective that it can um, and really show you how, how deep prejudices can go. Um, let's see, Dunce. Dunce was so fucking good. It just like, it was funny. I've read so many poems from that book to you. It was just funny. It was delightful. It was sad. It was charming. That's the word that comes to me, charming. It was just, oh man. Definitely one of my favorite books of the year for sure. Um, on Earth, we are briefly gorgeous. Um, there's a line in the 
beginning of this book that I've said is going to be like um, the foreword for my book when it comes out, whenever it gets published, just because it's like so perfect. Um, anything that has to deal with like difficult relationship with moms is like my bread and butter. Um, so I love to read that stuff. Um, but yes, Mary Lou is everywhere. Talked about it a little bit last week, but I want to talk about it more this week just because I didn't want to like be a total stand when Sarah was here. Um, cause I want to be professional and be a, like a good question asker. You know what I mean? Mm. But that book really means so much to me, like in a way that it's hard for me to put into words. Um, I just feel for Cindy so much. Like I get it, I, I truly get it. I, as a kid with like a wild imagination and sometimes often nothing to do. Like I remember growing up, I lived in a city. Um, yeah, I lived in a city. So our backgrounds are different in that way. But when I wasn't alone in my room, just dreaming and coming up with stories, I was like riding my bike back and forth in the alleyway behind our house. And that was like our life pretty much. Just like riding our bikes and running around for that like small sliver of space. Sometimes we can go to a park on the weekends, but often it was just back and forth and back and forth in the alleyway. And so I just wanted a break. I wanted something magical to happen to me. And so I'd create different lives and become um, I'd often just take on the personalities of these characters that I read about in books. Um, and so I can see why Cindy makes the decisions that she does. And I can empathize for sure. Um, and then just the, the prose is like so ethereal. It's like Gossamer, you know. Um, it like blows away from you in certain ways when it, like a wind hits, but then it's like sticking to you and you feel it like flying over your skin for days and days after. Um, yeah, it's just so good, so good. I know <laughs> I was talking with Sarah about like saying the books are just really good. Um, but yeah, like the other descriptors that I could find for it are like things that make sense to me, but like not, might not make sense to somebody else. Like, you know, when you are going to peel an orange and you get that like sort of like gold, silky dust on your fingers and then like the mist sort of like whips its hair back kind of, and like gets all that orange smell into the air. That's what that book does for me. If you understand that, that's how I would describe it. Um, yeah, so Mary Lou is everywhere. She truly is everywhere, like that orangey mist. Um, yeah, so just some stats. From my Goodreads, the shortest book I read this year 
was 80 pages, and that was uh, Bestiary. And the longest book was The Passage, which is 766 pages, exactly. Um, so the average length of the book I read would be 269 pages. Most popular book was Gone Girl with 2,276,247. In the least popular, I'm not going to say. And then the highest rated on Goodreads is Animal Animal You're Surely Become by my friend Brittany Haler. Um, Yeah. And the last review of the year I gave was for Queenie. Um, I'm going to take another brief break and give you my top five after that. All right. So what are my top five books of this year? I'm going to be ranking them from five to one. And I just want to say that the number one spot is not because of anything in particular. It's just like, I'm giving the number one spot to the book that had the most resonance with me as a person. Um, yeah, I don't know why I'm ranting about that, but it's just like, I just felt like I needed to say that. Um, that's what I think of when I think of the, my favorite book of the year. Is just the book that I think about the most often when I'm just like at the grocery store um, or getting ready for bed. The book that comes to mind for me in those moments is like my favorite book. Um, So at number five, I'm going to put Sing Unburied Sing by Jessamine Ward. Number four is going to be On Earth, Where We Free Gorgeous by Ocean Vong. Number three, Odes to Lithium by Shira Ehrlichman. Number two, American Sonnets for My, Fa- for my Past and Future Assassin by Terrence Hayes. And number one, you probably guessed it already, it's Mary Lou is Everywhere by Sarah Lance Smith. Um, there are just so many lines in that book that come to my mind randomly in the day. Um, and I, I think about Cindy a lot. I think about Cindy so often. I think about Cindy's mom. I think about Jude. I think about Bernadette. I think about all those people and where they are in their lives right now and what they're doing. Um, even though they're like fictional characters, I think about them as if they were like my acquaintances. You know what I mean? Um, so that's why that book is at the number one spot for me this year. Um, yeah. So I hope you enjoyed this rundown of books that I read this year. Um, there are some that have been left off, but that's because I just can't remember all the ones that I did. Um, honorable mentions go to Animal You're Sure to Become by Brittany Haler. Um, when my brother was an Aztec and I'm telling the truth, but I'm lying. 
Um, yeah. So those are my books for the year. And that's the episode. I got to clean my kitchen and take a shower and go to bed. Because I had to record this late on a Monday. And I'm happy that I did it. I got it done. And you were there with me the whole time. So thank you for listening. Um, And I'll see you again next week. Thank you from the bottom of my cold little heart for listening to this episode and for all the episodes before. It's so greatly appreciated. If you like what I do, you can follow me on Instagram at bellbivdaho. That's bell.bivdaho, D-A-H-O-E. You can follow me on Twitter at figwidow. You can read the stuff that I write at autostraddle at autostraddle.com and just search Danny Janae. You can find me on Facebook, if you're still on there, at Danny Janae Poet. Um, yeah, you can follow me on all those things and keep your eyes peeled about things that I'll be talking about in the future. But until then, my dear friends, save spiders and eat fruits. <laughs> <laughs>